Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for Five on the Floor. This is another bonus episode. We've been putting these on the podcast feed. This is Floors Yours, typically hosted by Brian Fonseca along with Tony Schwartz. And today their special guest host is our Greg Sylvander. Make sure you check out Floors Yours weekly on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. And now, Floors Yours. Down to this day. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. And we're live. There we go. We're live. Um, I was arguing. No, it wasn't an argument. It was a one-sided thing. Some Nick fans were coming for my ass earlier this week because I dared to say that Julius Randle had a bad game despite him having 41 points against the Milwaukee Bucks on 14 of 19 shooting. You know why it was a bad game? Because in the first half of that game, he got his points in rhythm, not doing the Julius Randle bullshit. And then in the third quarter, the game got away from the Knicks. Why? Because he did the Julius Randle bullshit. And you know why I was infuriated about that? Because he would dribble down the court, do these post-ups on Giannis and fade away for two while the Milwaukee's going crazy for three. Guess who had Jalen Brunson's over? And guess who didn't hit Jalen Brunson's over by two points? <laughs> Welcome to Floor is Yours. Greg Sylvander is here filling in for Sean Rochester and Timothy Bain. Mm. Um, Tony Schwartz is here because, well, he's part of the main cast. And I'm here. Brian Fonseca is here. Um, I'm not having a great week, guys. We were talking about this before we started. Um, a lot of them is fantasy football related. I have a 1% chance of making the playoffs now because all my running backs are decapitated. And this week I play you, Greg. And next week I play you, Tony. So this you got is champagne this, problems, dog. This, Come on, this man. is this is this is this is not this is this is very difficult. I'm watching. Ray scored Harris. 47 points last week. What are you complaining about? <laughs> Sean Rochester, who's co-host on the show, decides to make this league four teams out of 12 make the playoffs. Guess who's in sixth place? Guess who's going to be asked out despite them beating fourth and fifth by a lot and it's not going to make the playoffs. But we're not we're not here to talk about fantasy football. We're here to talk about the in-season tournament. Tyrese Halliburton was great tonight. Um, He had a million, a million, and a million on zero turnovers and like a million percent shooting. Um, Greg, I'll toss this to you because I know he's one of your favorite non-heat players in the league. Yes. And he was cooking Damian Lillard tonight, which I thought was very, very worrisome because he looked like somebody else who kind of cooks Damian Lillard to me, and that would be Steph Curry. Is this the ascension of the next Steph Curry? That's the question I'm going to start asking with Hallie because mm. this this thing where he can rack up assists at the rate that he does and not turn the ball over, is it's mind-boggling. 
tonight, the Pacers as a team had a 9.5% turnover percentage. That's the 90th percentile. If they play like that with the way they score and take care of the ball at the same time, that's a really dangerous team. This in-season tournament's been really fun, largely because I feel like it's Halliburton's coming out party to a degree. Um, and yeah, I, I also see Woj now plugging after the game, talking about how they're going to um, be aggressive in building around him. And he's recruiting people to Indy and they mentioned Siakam and OG Ananobi. And I do think that Indy's primed to make a move and put people around Tyrese Halliburton. And so if anything comes good of this tournament, it's that maybe like we'll get a meaningful transaction out of it because they're going to feel like they got legs to stand on if they've advanced this far in this new playoff like atmosphere. Cause this shit's been fun for real. Like um, I can't lie that it's been an interesting vibe in the arena and I wish the heat would have been more involved, but that's just not our pace. Tony, I'm going to toss this two-parter to you. One, do you watch this and all of a sudden you're worried about the Indiana Pacers just from the standpoint of them actually being contenders or more competitive than you thought? And two, um, do you feel like, because this is what I think, I think this tournament was sort of built to introduce not just a good team, but the next superstar. And I feel like they've accomplished that with Tyrese Halliburton, whether or not they win or lose against the Lakers or Pelicans winner, which is going to start after this. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think it worries me as far as making them contenders. Uh it worries me as far as talking about like what they can do in the East for how many years past this because all this build is constructed around like how many guys from the same draft class? Five. Um they're incredibly talented. One of the coolest things about that entire game was just how many guys contributed to their success. Like Tyrese, of course, now is shooting like what's the 42% on pull-up threes. That's <laughs> ridiculous. You go to cut off his pass, he's he's going to blow by you. You go to play him too tight, he's going to find the assist man. You hedge him, he's going to find the corner. Like He's going to pull up on you if you play him too loose. Tyrese is a killer. So you put that on top of the Miles Turner consistency and the other guys, you, Greg's right. Uh, they can consolidate and get even better. Uh, but I don't think they're contenders. The Bucks don't have that weak side guy to established physicality uh and aaron neesmith who i like as an energy dude was bodying a lot of the milwaukee bucks players just playing heroic defense out there so you give somebody with some more physicality on the weak side a guy like jimmy uh, a guy like caleb and i i think that you, the 76ers have a couple of those dudes i think that they're out in five or six but any other team the pacers go toe-to-toe with them right now right now and then we'll see what they do what was the second part of that um, it, it doesn't matter because we know we know how you feel about Tyrese Halliburton. Um, we could, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how do you, how could you not? He's he's, I would say he's bringing back the point guard position, but he's also jacking up thirty footers and making them in people's faces with his ugly ass form, which is very effective because he shoots in the forties from three point range when he f- feels like it. Um, do leave comments, questions, and donations if you so wish. Throughout the duration of the show, um, look, I think Indiana is is a team that's going to be dangerous. And I think the fascinating thing for me is one month from now, what do they look like? Like, I've always wondered a team that 
unsu- that surprisingly makes a deep run in this tournament, what does it do? Does it catapult them? Does it wear them out? Does it have the opposite effect? Do we look up and Tyrese Halliburton is fourth for MVP voting late in the year? Are the Pacers going to be as good as I thought the Cavs were going to be in the regular season, which is basically a top three seed in the Eastern Conference? I don't think so, but you could talk me into the Pacers becoming a three seed and then losing to the six seed in the first round because that tends to happen with these hyper offensive teams. And that's one thing I think they're going to have to they're going to have to try to play defense at some point. I'll tell you this. I'll I'll tell you this. I don't know what it what the in-season tournament does, but beating a team like Boston and beating a team like Milwaukee. Yeah. When the chips are down, it matters. Matters to their confidence. Do you worry, Greg, about a Pacers Heat playoff series? Uh, no, not a playoff series. I I think they obviously they obviously can give Miami trouble because what they do well is what Miami is not necessarily um, known for, and that's scoring. But in a playoff series, I think some of that stuff changes. And also, I hate to say this um, repeatedly because I mentioned it about another team recently on another show. But the Pacers are going to need to have their hearts broken before they go anywhere. Like that's just a prerequisite to doing anything in the NBA as a unit. Like you're you're not going to go and have an extended run to an NBA Finals or an Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think so until you get your heart broken, and they haven't been put in that position yet. So uh, I would say that the Heat would probably be an Eric Spolstra above in that series and that would be what puts them over the top so no i'm not worried but in a regular season matchup hell yeah because they catch you on a random tuesday in january and drop 140 that's not miami's recipe that's for sure (laughs) tony do you think they can and then we'll get off indiana and get to the rest of the tournament but do you think they can pose a problem to either of the teams that they beat in route to getting to the finals of this tournament particularly milwaukee or boston Oddly, the Celtics, yeah, because I think that the Celtics get in their own way way too much. Now, they didn't have Porzingis out there the other night, um, but I think that the way that they generate points and and how aggressive – like, they're weird. They they don't play a lot of defense that stops people, uh, but they're aggressive when it counts. So I, I think that they pose a problem to Boston just because Boston likes to play themselves off the basketball court. But Philly um, – if Milwaukee can figure out a way to generate some good help side pressure uh, on the weak side of the ball when they play them, they I don't know what a, a chunky Idris Elba was doing out there, but I would have found a way to get somebody in the dunker spot in the last four minutes of that game. And just Who's chunky it. Idris Elba? Uh, Adrian Griffin is chunky what? Idris Elba. But oh I, I, I would have figured out a way to get one of the bigs in the dunker spot, man, because that shit was bad. Well, I, I, I that sentence. Allegedly, Brooke Lopez was a defensive player of the year the last couple of years. Now, all of a sudden, he's not a candidate for the award because, oh, I don't know, he fucking lost Drew Holiday. It's funny how that works. I had people telling me that Brooke Lopez would be the defensive player of the year for the same reasons that, like, Rudy Gobert should have been defensive player of the year. And, yeah, fuck that. Jay Smith says they're going to be an annoying out um, than being the Indiana Pacers. I think that is true, but I think – I could see them losing to a good team in like five games because of the defensive deficiencies. Like I have a lot of questions because I know we're going offense, 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 and you need offense on some level to win, but like you have to get stops in the playoffs. We saw this even with Denver. People think of Denver as this offensive machine and they are. The reason why they were able to make a run to a championship is because they got stops when it mattered. 
over and over and over again against Miami, against the Lakers, against whomever they played. They continued to get stops when it mattered. That's why they traded for Aaron Gordon, who's actually really, really good defensively. Jamal Murray's better than you think defensively. Nikola Jokic's kind of better than you think defensively. Agreed. Uh, Indiana has Miles Turner and them boys. So, you know, Bruce Brown, we'll see. But I just, I have questions about that. But look, they're, I, they're a fun-ass team to watch. They kind of remind me of... Um, if historically we're making a comparison, maybe the Suns when yeah, Steve Nash was there. It's yeah. the right comp. That is yeah. a great I, You know, my first thought was going to be that Baron Davis, Monte Ellis Warriors group, but no, mm. you're right. But that that's more of the story than the actual product on the floor, and you're it's Phoenix. It's those Suns teams for sure. If you're good enough to get Steph comparisons, you're basically getting Steve Nash comparisons because I think exactly. Steph is, is basically like, Steve Nash kind of on roids, you know, and, you know, American, I guess. Um, Mateo said Griffin going to the zone was all time stupid. He also hung on to that zone for very long, which is weird. Um, I I can't shake this feeling that Milwaukee's going to be food for somebody in the playoffs, but we can get to that another time. Other uh, I like other. Other observations. I mean, we don't have to go too deep on the game that's coming up 15 minutes from now because the majority of these people that are going to consume this program are going to listen to it after. And hopefully Trey Murphy will have gotten his over by then. But uh, Pelicans, Lakers, um, the thing that I want to talk about as it relates to these two teams, I guess we can go to – no, let's go to the Pelicans. Fuck the Lakers. Um, Everybody else got the Lakers covered. The Pelicans – are interesting to me just because I feel like they're a team, and this may sound stupid after the game that people will have seen by now, but they're a team that whenever they're about to put it all together, I feel like they can be dangerous against anybody in the Western Conference, and then they can never put it all together because somebody gets hurt. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, they came into the season with Jose Alvarado down, Trey Murphy down, Herb Jones missed some games, Brandon Ingram I already mentioned, CJ McCollum had a collapsed lung for the second time in a couple years. But to me, they could be as dangerous as any as anybody outside of Denver in the Western Conference in a conference that I don't trust, really. Yeah. Tony, um, where are you at with the Pelicans? And do you think that they do you think they're a team, maybe unlike the Pacers, that coming away from this tournament, they could launch themselves into being legitimate contenders? And then Greg uh, chime in right after that. It's so tough because the injury history with them, but they have three all-stars. So hell yeah, they should be contenders. They have length. They have shot making in the half court setting. Um, they have some great, you know, set structured plays that they get to a lot. CJ's a shot maker when he wants to be in a shot chucker when he wants to be, he's got to figure that piece out. But Brandon Ingram is playing inside of a role for the first time in, in this unit, in this three man unit and really allowing Zion to get even more space on the basketball floor. And I, I think tonight that's what I'm watching the most. I don't know about you guys, but I just want to see how Zion attacks the size and and does he use his physicality to dominate this kind of matchup? Because if he can do that and Brandon Ingram can still give you 24 and CJ can still hit shots, hell yeah, they're serious, but they have to stay healthy while doing all those things. Donut Dan says, I trust them as much as I trust the Pacers. Greg, um, I'm not going to ask you who you trust more between the Pelicans and or the Pacers. I, I trust the Pelicans question. more. Yeah, I, I would too. Um, but moreover, do you think do you think this team could put together a full season? I guess is what we're all waiting to find out. I I wish I hope 
that they are. I, I am. It's hard for me to get there because of just the track record. It has less to do with the players on the team. I really like the composition of this group. Uh, Jordan Hawkins has had moments. Dyson Daniels has had moments. Obviously, Herb Jones. Zion and Brandon Ingram are um, passing the ball as good as they've ever passed the ball. I think both of them, their assist percentage is in the 96th, 94th percentile. Like, that's that's different stuff from them. Like, I really like what they're doing. But again, have they had their heart broken enough? And I know that that's narrative-driven. Some people will roll their eyes at it. Every once in a while, a team can get all the way to the to the finals. But um, so I, I I say they'll be a tough out again, and probably could could win a round in a way that Indiana probably won't be able to. But it's not necessarily a huge disparity between these two situations. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Let's get into Floor's Mine. Or Floor's Ours. Still don't know what we're calling it. Still don't have imaging. Still don't have any of those things because we're super prepared. Um, and we will get... We will go. We will get those things uh, when that happens. This segment is basically where we go around the room and we talk about things that have stood out to us in the NBA. But we're going to generalize it a little bit more because we've had a quarter of the season that has passed us by because everybody's at around 20 games. It means, you know, we're already sort of seeing some separation between contenders and pretenders. We're seeing a closer you know we're getting closer to John Morant time in Memphis even though they're six and 14 and appear to be out of it who knows because the records are all close um what are the things that have stood out in this first portion of the season let's go to I want to go to the commenters but we're going to start with Tony we're going to go to Greg and then we're going to end with myself and then we're going to go to comments part of my bell because I got food coming uh Tony you answer while I go get that I love this show. This is a great one. <laughs> and then the other thing while well, Brian's gone too, just like a New Yorker to get a fresh cut and be mad about life. Uh, right. The the East is wide open, Donut Dan. Uh, it's kind of funny. What I, I wanted to talk about how like teams that are good last year are still good this year, but finding different ways to do it, like the Bucks specifically, who were like 19th in field goal percentage last year. Um, it, they're sitting at second now. They They're – have like the third best offense in the league, the third most field goals, uh, field goals made despite being only 20th in attempts. The Bucks 
somehow still managing to be one of the most dominant offenses in the league, but just doing it this year off pure efficiency. Um, really spacing out the floor, Giannis with like 20 points uh, per game in the paint, which is most in the league. But that made me think, who is second? <clears throat> if the Bucks are third, who's second? And it's Philly. And I was like, oh, okay, well, Philly makes sense. You know, they they do certain things really well. And I went and checked it out. And I'm like, oh, they're 19th in total assists, 15th in field goal attempts, 18th in three-pointers. Now, if you remember last year, they were first and made three points. I'm like, how the hell is Philly really doing this? All free throws, baby. Yeah, they're not it's gonna all be, free throws. They're not going to be very fun to watch. Uh, they're oh. actually more. They're they're actually more fun to watch when Tyrese Maxey's on the floor and Joel Embiid uh, isn't. Yeah, the funny thing is though, it's a very effective uh, offense that they can replicate every single night because the two guys are passing to each other. They just to, uh, Joel is thirteenth in assists per game. Maxey is fourteenth, and they're just passing it back and forth because the team's rating is low, low, low. But check this. Joel is first in made field goals at 176. SGA, who we can call a merchant, is at 130 this year. It's 46 less. The next closest to Joel is Dame at 151. That's 26 less. Uh, And then everybody else is getting to the line, too, on that team. So the Philadelphia 76ers don't have a lot of great offensive uh, trackers going for them, but the one thing they do do is get to the line at an incredible rate, and that Maxi Joel DHO is repeatable against anybody. So Philadelphia 76ers, a little scary, just a quiet monster right now. Oh, God, I, I don't think Greg buys that. Greg, what has stood out to you the most in this first uh, 25% of the regular season so far that we've seen? Uh, I got a team and I got a trend that we're going to watch for. The team we're going to watch for is the mother bleep in Oklahoma City Thunder, yo. Like, I, I think they could be 54, 55-win team. Listen, this is only through however many games it's through. They're the only team in the West that's in the top 10 in offensive rating, defensive rating, points per 100 possessions, points allowed per 100 possessions. The only other team that's doing that in the entire league is the Boston Celtics. That That matters to me. They're also not making mistakes. Fourth in turnover percentage so far. That shit matters to me as well because they're a young team. I think that they can – they're not going to be a playoff like maybe a darling that can do a second-round dance. Maybe they do a conference finals dance if everything were to break right. But, again, they got to get their hearts broken. But that's the team to watch, man. Like I think they have uh, a really interesting mix. They shoot the hell out of the ball. So that's the team to watch. The trend to watch is this damn thing called parity in the league. And I yes, I wonder as February approaches, does the fact that you can be in a seven seed and only be four games out of the first seed, what does that do to the transaction trends? Do we end up with more transactions? Do we end up with everybody kind of paralyzed because they feel they're kind of within striking distance? That's the trend I'm watching because the parity in the league is great for a lot of things. But the thing that the league cannot let become sterilized is the transaction trend and so i hope that that the new cba um and just the fact that the teams are so close does not lock everybody up so that they're not making moves because we love a crazy deadline that that that's kind of what i'm looking at donut dan says he doesn't trust the sun lakers or mavericks either west is weird i would agree i trust nobody in that conference outside of denver and oklahoma city to greg's point is actually moving up that list though i think 
I agree. They had to get their hearts broken. I believe that like you, you always got to get your ass whooped before you contend. Like it just is what it is. Um, except if you, you know, trade for Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, or if you, you know, get, well, he got their heart broken after they got LeBron James. We don't got to talk about that. Um, the, one of the things that I, uh, look forward to is the trade deadline. And one of the things I look at when looking forward to it, and this is going to be my thing, is the teams, because you guys talked about good teams. I like looking at shitty teams. And I like looking at shitty teams because as you bottom out, they have pieces to get rid of and who's going to go where. Uh, Zach Levine is hurt. I don't know if you guys know this. He is out for several weeks. It appears who could have seen that coming? Him and, you know, the Chicago Bulls of no direction. He has a bad, bad contract i don't know why people want to trade for it he has a terrible contract i still have people people i respect people who i would consider nerds endearingly but nerds straight up basketball nerds who say zach levine is better than he profiles and i disagree because i've seen him play four playoff games in his life i know he's shooting efficient i don't care and i don't know if he's played a game that i've cared to watch so far and now he's injured again something that we're worried about with athletic guards right so i agree with all that and then there are the contracts so no I would not trade for Zach Levine, um, but the Chicago Bulls, I think they're a potential fire sale team. What are they going to do with Alice Caruso? Are they going to cash in on Kobe White, who's going to have some big games in Zach Levine's absence and already has? Maybe Patrick Williams, maybe DeMar DeRozan, who's an expiring contract. And I know uh, people who are watching this will probably be like, hey, because, you know, most of you guys are Heat fans. It's on five reasons. DeMar DeRozan, I don't know if I want that. If it makes sense with Jimmy, Bam, whatever. Um, if the Heat wanted to complete the mid-range mafia, all I'm going to say is it probably won't cost them that much because the Marta Rose is an expiring contract. Not can that I, I would sneak, do it. Can I just sneak in for 10 seconds and tell you that I, of all people, think that it would work better than everybody else assumes? You know why? Because we 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 love 90s and 2000s basketball. This is true. Before all this running. We're running shit. the triangle. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Toronto Raptors are 9 and 12. I'm we'll see because OG Ananubi is an expiring contract. Pascal Siakam's an expiring contract. There's they're gonna sign either of them. Who knows? And you they have to turn over this team to Scotty Barnes. They kind of already have. What are they gonna do? That's very interesting to me. Greg, you look like you want to jump in one more time. Go no, ahead and no, go no. for it. No, oh no, no, no. Okay, so moving right along. That wasn't awkward. Uh Washington <laughs> Wizards also. Yes. This is this is the team for me, because um, these are the three that I really wanted to get into. Because Atlanta's nine and eleven, I think they're trying to compete. I, I think yeah. they're, they're not doing anything yet, right? Agreed. Um, if they were, there are some players there that I would find very interesting: Sadiq Bay, DeAndre Hunter, not Trey Young, um, Dejounte Murray, and Dejounte Murray, of course. Washington Wizards are three and seventeen, so as expected, by the way, because we all thought they were going to suck. Tyus Jones, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is on a longer-term deal, so he's not somebody you have to move. Tyus Jones, you have to move. He's on an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. DeLon Wright's injured. People just forgot about him. Who knows? He's going to be an interesting uh, sort of name that pops up maybe in January, February. Um, I don't think they're going to move a Daniel Gafford. I hope they do, though. But, but, but they, yeah, I, they, <laughs> you know, but I, I just look at some of these teams and I start thinking about even with the Spurs, because I feel like the sports, the sports, sports, the Spurs have a good young core with uh, Kelvin Johnson, with Devin Vassell, with Victor Wembanyama, obviously, um, and Jeremy Sohan. Trey Jones is being mis- 
used in his role there? Is he going to wind up somewhere? Okay. Don't know dance is Denny Advija going back to Washington. So, yeah, this is what I like looking forward to. It's just sort of looking at these teams that are bottoming out. Um, and if you're a 2K player, you know these are the fun teams to try to rebuild. Um, and what's, the Memphis, what's the other one? What's the other one that's right there in the list that people don't think about, though? In terms of what? It's Jazz, right? The Jazz are, are jazz. knocking around that same kind of space. They're one game in front of Seven them. Seven and 14. And Charlotte. Seven and yeah. 14, and the Utah Jazz have a contract question they're going to have to answer with Lowry Markinen. Yes, they who do. Is signed through this year and next year, but is extension eligible soon. Can I just tell y'all that the Heat love Lowry Markinen? Oh, so they do. Of course. They, 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 love, they love seven foot white dudes that can shoot. That they don't that. need the ball. That's the most important <laughs> part. He doesn't need the ball to impact the game. I'll tell you what. I would trade for Laurie Markin in the far with the Heat. Tyler um, Hero? Would you trade Tyler Hero? That's the problem. No. That's that's the thing. Because that's the move right there. That's because the here okay, so we're gonna we're gonna talk this out before we end the show. Duncan Robinson's contract actually lines up with uh with uh Laurie Markinen's. You would have yeah, to do Duncan I, Robinson and picks. I don't think they're doing that because I you gotta remember who's on the other side of this, that being the Utah Jazz, and that's Danny Ainge. Mm-hmm. Danny Ainge will want Tyler Hero. Right. The conversations probably start there and the salaries don't line up. So you're going to have to get a little creative. It might have to be like hero and, you know, uh, a, a piece. Caleb. Caleb for like Laurie and Sexton. I don't know who gets what draft pick, but there's probably going to be some sort of draft conversation going back and forth. Is that something you would stomach? I I, I don't know, Greg. I don't think I don't think I would do that. I would do going it. Going from Tyler to I going from it. Tyler, going from Tyler to Sexton feels dirty, even for marketing. You would do it though. I would. <laughs> oh boy. I, I just the bam. Greg Sylvander saying that, not Brian Fonseca. This is true, and that's just today. Tomorrow, I could have a different answer. I'm allowed to change my mind, but um, <laughs> that that's where I'm at today. I just feel like the idea of marketing fits better with what. The, with Jimmy and Bam specifically, now that Duncan's playing, if Duncan were to fall off a cliff, I wouldn't, I would not be in this direction. But because right. Duncan is playing as well, and it doesn't appear as if that's going to change, that's where I'm starting to say, like, how can you remove him from the starting lineup? And that's where I start to think, and I start to look around the league and think about what Tyler Hero could get them. Is maybe not this year either, though. You know, I hate to to be a buzzsaw on this as I as we close, but. This may be a scenario where they ride this year out, see how far they can get, and then they go elsewhere. I hate to take us back to the heat, so I'm going to shut up now. No, but that's fine because I, w- I was going to ask you, is that is is Laurie your new number one? Because obviously it was Dame before for obvious reasons. Mm, no, not necessarily. It's just the name of the day. Okay. Flavor of the month kind of Tony, thing. Tony, you, you would not do a hero marketing and centered uh, deal. I'd be hesitant. Although yeah. I mean, I'm being hesitant on the show, though. Privately, I'd probably do it. I don't know if I said that out loud, Tony. I mean, if it's if it's there and it's the day before the deadline or the hour before the deadline, I, I don't know what I would do. But I don't like the packages, and I don't like the years and years of continuity and goodwill and and secondary window that you just opened up with Jaime Hawkins. Uh, that the the trio that you have with Jaime, Bam, and Tyler that can build into the future past this. Uh, and then you have to think about how many pieces you move out to add back into this soup of guys that aren't super athletic and aren't super talented. And Lowry is a guy that 
isn't a shot creator the same way that Tyler is, even though I like some of the things Lowry does. And it's like, it feels too dirty, Tony. It's, it's not right for me. For me, it's it's not balanced enough. It feels dirty. And on top of that, it's like, and all like Laurie, Laurie also me. has Laurie also has a, a, a injury history that should be it's true. it's true. Um, it's a, I, it's I a feel, risk. I feel more comfortable with like Tyler not being in the deal, but honestly, I don't think I don't think that if we could squash all if that's just a thought exercise, I don't think the heater, right? Right, and, and and I don't think I don't, I agree. Danny Ainge is going to try to stiff you, and Pat Riley is going to tell him to go f himself, and it's not going to happen. And then we won't get Kelly Olynyk instead. That we won't get yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, you get Kelly Thomas Bryant. Yeah, why not? Why not? That's what I would do, honestly. It, it, this is just me. Greg's thing about like the uh, the team has to suffer before they win, which I also love. By the way, I totally agree with that. Um, I just think that this core deserves a shot to run it just as many times as they have to run it until Jimmy's legs don't work. And I, that's what I, I really, really believe. These guys have the continuity and, and the, the presence of mind year. to go at it. Uh, this is the year. If they don't, if they're in position to make a run and fall short, I believe that the Tyler Jimmy Bam thing is going to be looked at extensively over the summer, but not until then. Yeah. We're gonna end the show because some for some reason the New England Patriots just scored two touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I gotta figure out what the fuck is going on because I bet the under. That's why you don't bet Thursday night, baby. Take us out, please, Manny.